You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Friday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. And here we are, round one. In the books, the New Orleans Saints have made their selection Houston defensive end Peyton Turner. And on today's episode, we're simply going to answer four questions. Who is Peyton Turner? What does he bring to the team? And what happened to the rumors that the Saints would be trading up? And what happens next? As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked on NFL podcast. We got all that. And a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, let's get it. I know that uh, there are a lot of Saints fans that are a little bit confused this morning, and a little bit baffled about the selection from the New Orleans Saints who stood pat at pick 28 and went with Houston defensive end Peyton Turner. But hopefully we can demystify some of the confusion here and fill you in a little bit about who he is and what he brings to the team. Now, if you want to hear more about the entire first round as a whole, go and check out today's Locked On Today episode. They're going to be talking about winners and losers of the draft. Do the Saints find their name on that list? Listen and find out. I'm actually not sure yet. So we'll find out if they actually make it on uh, the worst list. But I don't think that they should uh, because, first of all, some other team drafted Alex Leatherwood in the first round. But another thing is simply that if you look at Peyton Turner, He actually does bring a lot to this team in terms of potential. Now, this is one of the things that drives a lot of Saints fans nuts is that the Saints will often never shy away from drafting on the idea and on the principle of potential in the first round, as opposed to going with what maybe draft Knicks and what, you know, folks maybe believe is more of a quote unquote sure thing when, I mean, we all know that there's actually no such thing as a sure thing when it comes to the NFL draft. But let's talk a little bit about Peyton Turner and who he is. So he's the Houston defensive end. He actually was recruited by several FBS schools as well, but he had an ACL tear in 2016, the senior year of his high school career. And then a lot of those FBS teams ended up backing out of their pursuit of his commitment. But he came back, he was fine. I mean, he's he's played fairly healthy since then on that particular injury. He's had a couple of other injuries we'll talk about here in just a moment. But he ended up going to Houston. They stuck with him. And so they earned his commitment. And it was a bit of a hometown commitment for him with that uh, six foot five, 270 pounds. So he's tall and he's long. And we know that the Saints love that on the defensive line. Again, really the only defensive lineman on their on their roster right now that's under six foot three is Noah Spence. Uh, and maybe Zach Bond, if you consider him a defensive lineman still, but I still look at him as an off-ball linebacker, since that's where they said that they want to move him. Now, of course, he has that size, he has that length, but it doesn't stop there in terms of what it is that the Saints like about him. He also tested with the highest RAS score, relative athletic score, at his position with a 9.74. So the Saints remain very intrigued by big players who are as athletic as smaller players. He also scored a 90 pass rushing grade in 2020 per pro football focus, started his college career at 4i, which is the defensive line position that lines up inside the offensive tackle. So a little bit over the what would be the right shoulder of a left tackle, the left shoulder of a right tackle going toward the center. That is a little bit more of a run-stopping position. So think about this the way that Cam Jordan came into the league in 2011. He came in at 5-tech, which is essentially 
a run stopping position as opposed to if you line folks up out wide or you get them out outside of the tackles, then you're looking at somebody as more of an edge rusher. Peyton Turner shifted to that his junior year and between his junior and senior years where he played as a pass rushing edge rusher, ended up piling up 18 and a half tackles for a loss as well as nine sacks in the 17 games that he played there. Now in 2020 alone, 10 and a half tackles for a loss and five sacks in only five games, both of which led his team, even though he missed three games. He was also credited with 11 passes defended over his career as well. So his length, I mean, he has this big 80, 84, 85 inch wingspan that he clearly is using to bat down passes to get his arms up and to get involved. He even has a blocked extra point in his career as well. He's a former basketball player. So we know the Saints always tend to go for those former basketball players. That shows a good bit of why he has the athleticism that he has at his size. He was also a senior bowl attendee as well, played at the senior bowl. We know the Saints always go for senior bowl players in their draft. It has now only been 2007 and 2011, I believe, to where they haven't taken a senior bowl player since Sean Payton has been uh, at the helm of this team in 2006. So they love their senior bowl guys. Uh, He had an ACL tear in high school 2016 that we referenced earlier, had a foot injury in 2018 that required surgery that ended his season, but he had already played 11 games in that season. So that kind of makes sense. And then he also had a minor knee injury as well as a positive COVID test, which led to him missing three games in 2020. So only got to play in five games in that abbreviated season. So I've seen a lot of folks comparing him to Marcus Davenport as this developmental question mark. But really, I mean, if you take a look at him, he really reminds me more of Cam Jordan coming into the NFL. Maybe, you know, a little bit more athletic, but he has the same type of arm length, wingspan, hand size, agility, pass rush moves. He has the inside outside versatility and the hustle. This guy's motor is incredible. We'll talk more about that when we talk about what he brings to the field here coming up next. But the motor reminds me very much of Cam Jordan because they'll get involved in plays that should have left them behind. That's something that they obviously really like about him. He's a high character guy and he brings that as well. Some of the things that he has to improve upon, leverage. um, He has some of the tall man problems, right? That come with being a defensive lineman, has some trouble getting underneath offensive linemen that have better leveraging, natural leverage than he does. He needs to improve uh, putting his pass rushing moves together and creating a sequence, sort of developing a plan. But I think that all of those are things that Ryan Nielsen should be able to work with. And I think we'll have a lot of fun because of all the tools he's going to bring along with those abilities. If those are things that he's struggling with and you get Ryan Nielsen with him, those things should be able to be addressed. So I don't look at him as far behind in the, the, the raw developmental process as Marcus Davenport was when he was drafted in 2018. I look at him more about where Cam Jordan was. And remember, Cam Jordan came into the NFL and had one sack his rookie year. Is he going to turn into Cam Jordan? That remains to be seen. And obviously, the Saints would love that. But if the idea is for him to either replace Cam Jordan or replace Marcus Davenport, you feel pretty good about what it is that Peyton Turner could potentially bring to this team. So Sean Payton said in his post-draft presser, though, that you wouldn't have to wait very long to see him on the field and that he'll earn reps immediately. So we'll discuss more about what he's going to bring to the field in 2021. Here up next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection 
of creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings that will bring joy to your partner's life. So using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female designers have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring that's ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that surprises and delights and is fairly priced. So give them something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that's going to be treasured forever, well, you're going to want to check this out and it won't be around long. So head over to BlueNile.com and search 10 by 10. Right, family, we talked a bit about who Peyton Turner is, the New Orleans Saints' first-round selection, the defensive end out of Houston there at pick 28. Coming up next, we're going to talk a bit about what happened with all the rumors about the Saints trying to trade up into the top 10 and all these things. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. But right now, I want to talk a little bit more about Peyton Turner and what he brings to the field. So we got a little bit edified on who he is. Now let's talk about what he does and what he brings to the New Orleans Saints. Now, again, Sean Payton said in his post, post-draft presser last night that, you know, Peyton Turner will earn snaps and he'll be there. He'll be a part of what they have going on. He'll be a part of that rotation of defensive ends. Right now, the Saints have eight defensive ends on their roster. But remember, a lot of them also move inside quite a bit as well. Actually, Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan included. So, you know, a lot of them we also have to look at as sort of defensive linemen because they don't have a ton right now on the interior defensive line. I'd even throw Tano Passano in that uh, in that category as well because he's a player that has, during his career, played outside very well, but also has moved inside quite a bit when he was with the Chiefs. So let's start with Peyton Turner when it comes to his motor because that's what he's most known for. That has become sort of his calling card. And if you watch his film, you see the motor all the time. He does not give up on plays. He plays through the whistle, sometimes even you could argue safely beyond the whistle, right? Not something that's going to draw a flag or anything like that, but he's going to play until that whistle goes dead. Like he's not taking off any plays or anything like that. So he's very much a 100% guy, a 150% guy. He's a full timer on the field, which you really, really like to see, especially in a defense to where he's probably going to be asked to rotate more than he's going to be asked to be on the field for you know, 50, 60, 70 defensive snaps a game, depending upon how the, you know, how the game is going. And so when you look at what he brings in that case and in that realm, I like his fit because he'll remain energized by the rotation. And then also with his natural energy level being what it is and his natural resiliency being what it is. Uh, He finishes plays when he gets involved. He very rarely ends up getting involved in a play that he doesn't bring to an end. You know, one of the big complaints about Marcus Davenport has been sometimes an inability to finish plays. And there's not a lot of evidence of that in Peyton Turner's film. Now, certainly, you can find those moments, but most of the time, if he's involved in a play, it's coming to an end. And certainly, that helps that he played on a very energized and energetic um, Houston defense that brings a ton of that to the field, right? They finish plays together. They're a good gang tackling school. They're a good camaraderie school. And those are intangibles that I also think that the Saints will like as well. It's something that you, it's kind of a, a reputation that you bring as a Houston defender, in particular, particularly the current culture 
of Houston players there. And, and I, you know, Cam Jordan himself even tweeted out, they love the intangibles. They love their intangibles. And Peyton Turner brings some of those intangibles for certain. But in terms of the tangibles that he brings on the field, that's what we're trying to focus on here. So we get back on track with that. Uh, oftentimes he gets involved in plays that he shouldn't have even been available for. So you can find uh, Taylor Fornes ended up sending a, a video over to us over at Canal Street Chronicles that's retweeted on the St. CSC page at St. CSC on Twitter. And um, it's a play that is a play action screen from Zach Wilson to it was against BYU. And basically he ends up crashing inside uh, on the play action. And then the screen goes to the outside to towards where he came from. And it gets upfield very quickly, that player. And he ends up being Peyton Turner, the person that goes from inside of a collapsed pocket to downfield five yards, 10 yards from the line of scrimmage to make the play. So you can see all of the motor, you can see the speed, the athleticism at his size, especially, which is really, really impressive. You can see all that on full display in his film. He's also a violent pass rusher and also a little bit more of an experienced pass rusher than you might have seen from, say, Marcus Davenport coming in in 2018. And I'm I'm using these comparisons because they're familiar comparisons. I'm not trying to sit here and like dunk on Marcus Davenport or anything. All I'm saying is that like when Marcus Davenport came into the NFL, he had speed to power, right? He had uh, a bull rush and that was kind of it. And one of the biggest things was, is he going to be able to develop more pass rushing moves? Not as much of a question when it comes to Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner has a bull rush, but he's also got some good club rips. He's also got a couple of a different pass rushing moves. That if he can learn to string them together, create a sequence, have a plan like we talked about in the first segment, he'll get even better. But the fact of the matter that he just simply has those pass rushing moves coming into the NFL at all and multiple pass rushing moves is a good step forward. And one of the reasons why I don't really give him the developmental tag more than I give him the is in need of polish tag. So I think that's something that he brings with him to the field as well is his ability to be able to vary his pass rushing style just has to be able to create a little bit of a game plan and Ryan Nielsen will help them do that. Uh, inside, outside versatility. We know that the Saints, what did I say the other day? Versatility is the Saints love language. Here you go. He's got it. He can play inside. He can play outside. You can rotate them all over the defensive line. Now what's going to be most interesting is to see which of the pairs of edge rushers end up seeing the field together the most in 2021. Is it Peyton Turner and Cam Jordan or is it Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport? Out of those two pairings, certainly you also have Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan, who are going to see a considerable amount of snaps together. But out of the two pairings that involve Turner, I'll be very curious to see how the Saints pair him up. Do they feel like he and Marcus Davenport could wreak havoc together? Or do they feel like he would be a better complementary piece to Cam Jordan and sort of be put in a position to, like Trey Hendrickson, benefit from the work along the defensive line next to him with all the veterans there? So that's something I'll be watching early on in the season is to see who does he coexist on the field with the most. Third downs, I could see all three of them on the field, but first and second, that'll be really interesting to watch. He's young and in need of polish, but not necessarily developmental. As I mentioned earlier, he's a more refined pass rusher, great flexibility, as well as versatility, as we just discussed, but the flexibility in terms of his ankle flexation, all of that is there. He's a high character type player. We know that the Saints love their high character, high football IQ guys, and Peyton Turner absolutely fits that mold. So what do you get? You get an edge rusher with inside versatility, high football IQ, high character, extremely high motor, oftentimes credited as the highest motor in this class. That's just in need of some polish. Can the polish work? Can they get the polish on? That's going to be the big question and something that, of course, we'll be watching to see. I mentioned in a, a Locked On Now video that I did right after the selection was made that he has a very high ceiling. What's left to be determined is where is his floor. 
All right, y'all. So we'll talk more about Peyton Turner all throughout the week and the weekend because we'll have bonus episodes here all weekend as well as we continue on with the NFL draft. But coming up next, I want to talk a little bit about the draft day rumors. We talked about it being cautious. Take it with a grain of salt. We'll talk about what happened, why the Saints weren't able to trade into the top 10 and what remains to be worked on and done over the course of the next two days in six rounds of the NFL draft. We have all that coming up for you next here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And while you might feel a little bit down about the Saints draft so far, considering maybe some of your favorite selections were still left on the board, if you're needing a little boost of energy, need a little boost of protein, I have the perfect treat for you right here. It's going to make you feel like you're indulging in a candy bar, but you're taking care of your body as well. So let's talk about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars on the market. You can take a look at all the incredible flavors that they have over on their website right now. 18 amazing flavors, including a bonus mocha flavor that's going down right now as well. But some of their standard, really fantastic flavors like peanut butter, German chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel, all available and covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And of course, these bars allow you to lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. They're even great for a keto diet if you happen to be on a keto diet. Right now, you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Taking a look at the draft day rumors. Now we talked about this. Did we not? We talked about this. We said every day or every day one of the NFL draft, these wild rumors come out and then things don't usually come to fruition the way that the wild rumors that drop in the a.m. or early day afternoon hours uh, really expected them to. And it happened yet again. The same thing happened with Jonathan Taylor last year. It happens over and over again every season. Now, the big news that we did get was that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. So that was absolutely wild. And of course, we're yet to see the resolution of that situation yet. But when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, the big news was that they were contacting multiple teams within the top 10 to try to move up into the top 10. Diana Rossini had it. Jay Glazer had it. A lot of folks were talking about it. And the fact of the matter is that, yeah, the Saints reached out to those teams. And as we talked about here on the show Thursday morning, you can reach out to them all you want, get a little bit of a feel for what the market is like, and then make the decision about whether or not you feel like that's the right move for you. The Saints were trying to move into the top 10 for J.C. Horn or Pat Sertain. That's who they were moving for. I, we know that. That is that is fact. That is That has been reported. That's who they were moving for. J.C. Horn on top, uh, at the top of that list. In order for them to do that, despite all the folks saying that top 10 was too high for a corner, both of those players went pick number eight to the Carolina Panthers. That's where J.C. Horn went, so that kind of sucks. And then pick nine to the Denver Broncos, which is where Patrick Sertain went. Patrick Sertain, that would have been fine for the Saints. They would have loved having him there. They had J.C. Horn at the top of that cornerback class, however. Now, when it comes down to the trade, the Saints were reportedly in talks with the Denver Broncos at pick number nine to get a trade done, but the Denver Broncos wanted far too much, far more than the Saints were willing to part ways with. And even though the Saints are really leaning toward the idea of quality over quantity during this draft, I don't think that they were willing to considerably hamper themselves in terms of future selections too much. I think quality over quantity really talks about the quality and quantity of this year's selections. 
if it would have just been two first and, you know, some additional selections, that would have been fun. But I think the fact that it was multiple first and multiple second round selections, that that's what ended up making them back off. But Denver Broncos were the only team that they really even got into talks with. Detroit Lions were another team that would have made sense. Apparently, those conversations didn't really go anywhere and people weren't interested in trading up. Jeff Duncan did a great piece over at The Athletic kind of talking about this and also mentioned that one of the things that that he noticed and, and that the team seemed to notice was that a lot of the teams that were drafting in the top 10 were teams that have new GMs, first year GMs who are looking to make their big top 10 splash in their first season and all these things. So it was tough to considerably or, or to get those coaches, those GMs to consider a trade with the New Orleans Saints at the time, especially going all the way back to pick 28, which is a big ask from a team to be able to do. So the Saints not able to get up there. And then when it came down to the board at 28, they just didn't feel like between the top 10 and 28, there were any players that were worth trading up for on their board. And then when they got to pick 28, Peyton Turner was the highest ranked player left on their board at that time. And so they were glad to take them. So this has always been the thing, right? If the Saints aren't able to go out there and specifically target the players that they want that are early on in the draft, they'll sit back, they'll wait until they're on the board, and then they'll follow their board. They'll go with the player that they feel like is the best player available to them at that time. And for them, that was Peyton Turner. Yes, even over Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, over Georgia cornerback Eric Stokes, Peyton Turner was the highest player on their board, and that's why they went with them. So that's why the Saints didn't end up trading up. The offers just weren't right. The price tags were too high on a certain opportunity that they did get when in, in conversation with the Denver Broncos, who just simply wanted too much. So it just didn't work out for them to do that. So they stood pat at 28. And now I, I very much expect them to be aggressive here in day two. At this point, they're in the second and third rounds, which has a ton of team building material, right? You get the big flashy pick in the first round, but then you get your team in the second, third, and fourth round. Look at the Saints' second, third, and fourth round picks. David Onyemata. You look at um, uh, Alvin Kamara, of course, Michael Thomas, Eric McCoy, uh, 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 Marcus Williams. I mean, these are all second, third, fourth round guys, and the Saints are absolutely fine building their team there. So this is where I really expect them to get aggressive. Linebacker, cornerback, wide receiver, perhaps interior offensive line depth. There are some players here that over the next two rounds, three rounds that I really feel like they're going to invest in and make sure that they go out there and, you know, be as aggressive as they need to be with this year's picks and build, grab the selections that will help them continue to rebuild their team. They still have a hole in the interior defensive line. They still have a hole in at the linebacker position at the second level, and they still have a hole at the cornerback position. Go and draft, go free agency at those positions. That's going to be the smartest route to go. And I think you can still improve wide receiver two or bring in somebody to really push Traquan Smith, which makes a ton of sense to me. But as of right now, that's what I would say I would expect to see the Saints do. I do expect to see them go an offensive player at some point here in day two, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them lean heavily and continue to work on their defense. All right, y'all, we have draft coverage coming to you all throughout this weekend. This is not the last episode of the week. You're going to have bonus episodes and extra episodes, like full-on episodes as well as bonus clips all throughout the rest of the weekend as we keep recapping day two, as we recap day three, and as we recap the entire draft as well. So we have a lot of content coming to you here from Locked on Saints all throughout the weekend. So make sure you continue to check your podcast feed, whichever your preferred podcast feed is, all throughout this weekend and not just Monday through Friday this week. We are rolling here straight through. So we have a ton on the way and I can't wait to see what the Saints do. Can't wait to see how the Saints continue to work on building around this team. Again, I appreciate y'all as always, especially for your patience with audio and everything like that, that I'm sure is kind of wonky while I'm here in this hotel room, but I appreciate you very much for all your support. 
everything that you're doing to help grow this family for listening, rating, and reviewing. Make sure that you remember you can hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.